is the Meeting of Minds podcast with me, Philippa Robinson. Hello, welcome back to the Meeting of Minds podcast. Happy 2022. Um, I hope you enjoyed the festive season. If you didn't, um, I'm sorry uh, that it wasn't that enjoyable for you. And maybe we can say, well, thank goodness it's over. I, I don't know. But um, you are very welcome here listening to this first episode of series four. Um, it's episode 45. And as promised, I'm going to start uh, this season with some interviews. Now, the most interest I have had in what I've been talking about so far during last year is from children of alcoholics and I uh, am a volunteer for NACOA which is the National Association for Children of Alcoholics and I asked if any of the volunteers would uh, like to come and record an episode with me and today I'm going to be recording with the wonderful Jennifer Payne. Um, I've uh, I'm recording this now before I actually record the interview with her. So I'm going to come back at the end to say a bit more about um, Jen. But I have listened to some of the interviews she has given before um, to the Be Sober ladies and to um, Josh on the Nakoa Lunchtime Live. And she is just amazing. She really is. Um, she's in her early 30s and she is um, one of a long line of alcoholics in her family. And um, her mum is still alive. And while she doesn't live with her um, anymore, she is still sort of living with an alcoholic in her family. And I was really keen to get her on and talk about her experience uh, because I think it will be really helpful for some of you out there. Apart from anything else, I have had questions along the lines of how do we actually cope with an active alcoholic in our life? So I am, I'm really pleased Jen is coming on. Um, I know it's going to be a great episode. I can't tell you what she's going to say because as I'm recording this intro, I haven't actually done the episode, but I do know she's going to be marvellous. So welcome back. And here's over to my conversation with Jen. So here we are with um, with the wonderful Jen that I've just introduced uh, you to. And we met, well, we didn't meet. Uh, Jen was on the NACOA training that I did. In, uh, and we're recording this in December 2021. And I did the training in March, April time this year. So I came across Jen there. She talks very openly about her story and her life as a COA and um, she very kindly agreed to come on the podcast so Jen welcome thank you so much first one out with a bank yeah yeah exactly series four first one here you are and yeah. um, it, 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 it's marvellous I think you are a real uh, inspiration if you don't mind me using that word because I just no, think you. you are so open and so courageous really talking about your story and talking about well I mean it's your life I mean sometimes yeah. I think it, it can sound a bit weird saying it's your story because it's your life and what you've been through um and you know where you are now and one of the reasons I really wanted to speak to you um as I've told you is because actually you are still living 
with a parent, uh, you know, who's actively an alcoholic because you're it's your mum. Yeah. Yeah. And she's yeah. still alive. And I have been very open in that I distanced myself from my mum and I didn't really. I mean, it's hard distancing yourself, but I have no actual experience of how to manage a relationship moving forward, like with um, a parent uh, who, who is still drinking. So that's what I would like to talk to you about. But actually, you know, can you... Can you tell us a bit about your story? And having read some, in, having listened to some interviews, I'd love you to tell us about that plane ride, plane from Rome, where yeah. you decided to do something like yeah. more it than was, you were. It was the most bizarre encounter. And I never, I mean, I'm from Liverpool, so I talk to literally anyone. I'm that person. And I've said this before, like I get in a bus and no one sits next to me because I'm always like chatting to them. How's your day? Where are you going? What are you doing? Like I'm that person. So it's, um, it's, it was kind of strange. So I went to Rome with my sister um, for my, I think it was for my 30th or something. I can't really remember how old I was or 29 or something. And on the way back, we, um, when the world was normal, when you can get onto these nice quick planes. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. We sat next to a guy and it was funny, we started the conversation talking about um, he wants the bag of peanuts. I said, oh, you can't have them now, can you, on a plane because of allergies, etc. And then we just got onto this really bizarre conversation and because I'm quite open and I quite I literally talk to anybody, he got onto the conversation about um, his hotel and what they were doing there and he said he didn't drink. And I said, oh, if you don't mind me asking, like, you know, why don't you drink? Is it personal choice, health? He said, well, actually, he said, my brother is an alcoholic and I don't drink because I've seen the the torment that has happened in the family and I was like oh my goodness so this is my story and he is a really interesting guy and he'd worked I, I can't remember if he was in law or finance or something and he really wanted to start a charity to help children of children of alcoholics and I said I've been really wanting to do something like this for such a long time and I've scoured the internet and I just couldn't find anything um that helped children of alcoholics or people living with a with a um people who are addictive yeah. to anything um but there was so much out there which is amazing for people with the addiction which is incredible you know there's loads of places like aa the nhs offer a lot of support if they want it um which is amazing but there just seemed to be such a gap with people who were really affected and i was massively mm -hmm. affected and you know you said you listened to those stories and I, i'll go on to more about that in a second but I my life has massively been affected and it was almost like I was living my mother's addiction it was yeah. all the torment that she was going through was being passed through to me even though I didn't drink so this plane journey just made me think right I need to do more I need to help people I want to share my story I want to give someone that recognition to basically feel like they're not alone you know that that, that it's not just a it's not just them because it is such a taboo and it is a secret in the family and no one to talk about it. So I got home and I just started searching the internet for organisations. I first started looking at NHS, looked at government websites and just looked everywhere for something that helped children of alcoholics. And I found one in Scotland and they do an incredible job up there, but there was, they couldn't, I couldn't do anything for them because I wasn't based there. And then I came across Nakoa and I was like, 
where have you been? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what is going on? And, and that, and for me, I was quite surprised that they'd been going for however long they'd been going for. Mm-hmm. And I never knew about them. And I just felt like this, I should have been told about this. This should have, this should, it should have been in my doctors. This should have been anywhere that I've been, you know, asking for people for help from. Um, and that's why I decided to become a volunteer for them because I just knew that I needed to make other children think and make them believe that they're not the only one in this situation. They can seek support if they need it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, I'm a great believer in like the right people. You come across the right people at the right time. And that guy on that plane was exactly the right person. And I found Nakoa really like this year. So completely out of the blue. And, you know, are you 33 now, I think? Yeah, right. So I'm from one of the interviews I heard today. And I, you know, I turned 52 this year. So I'm, you know, quite a bit older than you. And I'd never heard of them. I even live in Bristol. Um, so um, I um, started my own business last year as a coach. And I decided to go online. And I've avoided all social media at all up until then, because I just know it's a rabbit hole that will mess, mess with my head. I just know it will. Comparison and, you know, all that. But I decided to start an Instagram account for my business, which I did. And I then started following some people and I came across quite a few people who were talking about their childhood trauma. And I started following uh, Colleen Perry in the States, who's impacted by uh, alcoholism. I think that's what she calls herself now. And she was posting about Nicoa. So I'm in, in Bristol following somebody in the States who's posted. She posted about Nicoa and I was like, oh. Nicoa, never heard of them. Who is that? What is it? Where is it? And yeah. found out that it's here in Bristol. So um, so I did the training earlier this year. And like you say, I try and talk about it like you do at every possible opportunity because I too want children of alcoholics to know that it's not just them. Yeah. And it, there, is, there is help out there. And actually the power of talking yeah about absolutely. it yeah I think I just think it's so I mean I I was in a really difficult situation as my mum was a teacher in my school mm-hmm. so I felt like I couldn't say anything or if I did it was kind of oh don't be silly like it's fine and my nan ran the club the social club um because my school was attached to a church and the yeah. church had a social club underneath really bizarre (laughs) but basically you come out of our school gate and you'd walk straight down the steps into the social club which is where my nan was so I was either after school I would go down there to see her or because I my nan picked us up from school and dropped us off as well or I would go home to being so I was constantly surrounded by alcohol yes continuously whether it be in a pub or whether it be you know at home Um, and it was just so normal you know, it was just, that's just what it, what it was. There was no, if so, I think if someone told me, I mean, I did have questions about it, but if someone told me over, you know, you go to friends' houses and things and you think, oh, this is really different. This is <laughs> a really different situation to what it's like in my house. Is this, is this not normal? Or is you, you really just start to get really confused and you just, you just don't really know what, what is normal and what isn't. Yeah, and then your whole perception of your family just becomes really warped and and just confusing. And for a child, it's really dysfunctional. It is, it yeah. is. 
Um, yeah. And I suppose, you, you know, um, we would think that talking to your teachers at school or talking to somebody at church might be a way to seek some help. But of course, you couldn't do that because your mum was the teacher and your nan ran the social group at the church. So so actually you were in it with yeah. them all the time and didn't have anybody independent to talk to either. No. And it was it was such it was such a the memories I've got are so kind of I don't really know how to describe them because I had such an amazing time like I used to I mean my nan gave me my first job as a glass collector when I was 16 in the in the club you know and I loved to get that five pounds every yeah. time I finished <laughs> my hour and it was just amazing that I was I had so many amazing experiences and you know I learned to line dance down there we had the Christmas parties with all the kids down there you know it was it was such an amazing time but at the same time it was all it was also kind of overcast with this kind of dark shadow of I know what they're doing I know why they, they're using the facility to you know to kind of source their addiction so it was it was, it was kind of a bit of a well, not for my nan, because I didn't know she had an addiction at the time, but for my mum, you know, I, I definitely knew there was something not quite right there. So it was, it's kind of a bit of a, I don't really know how to feel about the whole situation. Yeah, and to, to be honest, you don't you don't need to put a name to it, or you don't, it, yeah. it, it just is what, it, what yeah. it was, and it was just really tough, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was, yeah, more than, more yeah, than tough. Um, yeah, um, yeah, tough doesn't seem um, a suitable word. But also, I suppose it was your normal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just it was it there was nothing. There was nothing for really. I knew I had questions about certain things, but there was nothing from. I didn't understand why. Um, and I it's actually quite sad. So we when you're at school, I don't know if you, you if you ever did this, but we used to kind of make Christmas decorations, and you know Christmas would come up, and you close and you make, and we made these little clay kind of clay decorations. And we wrote on the back of it a Christmas wish. And I don't know how old I was, um, but I wrote, I made two. And the first one said, I wish my family would stop arguing. Um, and I wish my, and the second one said, I wish my mum didn't drink anymore. And it was only more recently that I, I went home for Christmas about, probably about five, six years ago. And my dad still put them on the Christmas tree. And I still, and that's the moment I realized, I was like, why did no one ask me about that? Mm. Why did no, the teachers obviously saw it because they were, I was in school. My dad saw it. Why did no one say, what do you mean? Yeah. You know, and, and that really kind of struck a chord. It was, it was the first time I've mentioned it. And I was with my husband now at the time he was there and I was showing him. And it was just a really, I never thought it was a thing before. I never thought my dad was just like, oh, it's what they made when they were kids. But it was just what was on there. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, no one said anything. Yeah. Now, nowadays, if someone wrote that, they'd be like, you'd hoped anyway, they'd be saying, are you okay? Like, why have you wrote this? Or try and investigate it. But at the time, it was just never, never mentioned. And yeah. I don't remember ever getting in trouble for it or anything, but it was just never, no one ever questioned me about it. And I just think that's so that could have, a lot of things could have prevented, been prevented if someone just said, do you need help? It, it could have been so different. And really that yeah. was a cry for help that, that wasn't, yeah. that, that wasn't heard. Yeah. Um, recently that I knew that. Yes. You know, um, I didn't know at the time. Yeah. And you know, you know more now. Yeah. Um, because you've lived a lot more and you've learned a lot more. So you know a lot more, but also I do think, 
I, I hope, I hope that society as a whole knows a bit more. I don't think they know enough more yet, no. but I would hope, like you say, that 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 wouldn't go totally unheard anymore. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to think it would, but I, I mean, at the time, my mum said she worked in the school. So whether it was just something she then said, oh, it's just, she's just playing up or, you know, anything like that could have been said, I don't know. Um, but it, it was just such a, I guess it really resonated with me when I, when I saw that, because I thought, wow, even my dad didn't say, yeah, you know, what can we do? How are you, like, you're not feeling, obviously you're feeling this way how can we help you? And it was just a bit of a, I guess just a bit of a shock maybe. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. And I it probably a reminder of how that little girl felt, yeah. you know, at, at that time that she made that. Uh, and and that, so how old do you reckon you were when you made that? I, 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 I'm guessing, I mean, the writing was horrendous on this. <laughs> so, yeah. and it wasn't, it wasn't properly, it, it was kind of, I'm guessing maybe around five or six. It, it wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't much older because I was, I was, I remember being in like a primary school, but it yeah. wasn't kind of tops, like, you know, senior or going to it. I, rem- I was about, oldest I would have been was seven, but I wasn't any older than seven. Ouch. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's a long time for your yeah. reality to be um, so confused so yeah. um so painful although you probably wouldn't have known it was painful at the time yeah. but yeah I guess I just didn't I just didn't know it was just like you say it was just normal it was just yeah. I just I knew it shouldn't be happening but I didn't understand why and I just thought oh well, that's what I wish for it was just it was almost like a simple well, that's, that's all I want I just want that to stop I just want mum dad to stop arguing I want mum to stop drinking too much because I, I I must have associated with her drinking to their arguments yeah. and that's why I've done them but I, I I just didn't know you know I just didn't know why it was just that's what I wanted yeah yeah there was a lot of arguing in my house too um uh and I get that you know I totally get that and I think um there's um that there's a lot of secrecy isn't there and we don't you know it it, it, it it's that unwritten rule and it's unwritten, it's unsaid, but it's like, we don't talk about this. We don't talk yeah. about what goes on in the house, no. outside the house. So yeah. that's why, you, you know, um, people like you, people like me, lots of other people that there are, you, you know, are, are now trying to talk about it more because actually um, somebody said to me the other day about, um, you know, so I've written a book about my story and they said to me, uh, but you're just washing your dirty laundry in public, aren't you? And I was like, oh, that that really made me gulp and think, God, is that all I'm doing? And it really, yeah. I had to really think about that for a good few hours. And then actually I went back to them. I mean, it wasn't a heated exchange, but it was it was about, yeah. about why this person hadn't read my book and they'd had every opportunity to read it and why hadn't they? And I was just really interested why they hadn't. Anyway. And um, I said, yeah, I totally get what you mean. I totally get that that whole, you know, what goes on at home stays at home, keep it quiet. But actually it's my shame, my personal shame about what happened at home and how that made me feel about myself and keeping it quiet has allowed that shame to just grow over the years. 
but actually that's why I have to talk about it now because it's not it's not about me no exactly it's 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 I I I think I can't remember when it was it must have been about seven years ago when I really started to talk about it to my now husband because obviously I didn't really talk about it so many everyone knew but you never really talk about it as you say and I started giving I started saying stuff to my husband and my husband was kind of like that's really bad like why has that happened to you and I'm like I don't know like is that is that not just what happens like it was just it just started making me realize that actually this isn't totally normal or this this I am a COA this is when I started to discover that I was a COA um and I started dry January and I put a post on Facebook and it was the first time I'd ever put anything as you say on social media like it wasn't even wasn't even directed to my family or anything it was just a post about dry January and the just to create awareness around overuse of alcohol it was nothing directed to anybody and I just put a post of saying uh dry January is coming up please drink carefully you know think of your loved ones um something along those lines it wasn't derogatory anything and someone posted comments underneath it saying uh, this this person I know she was uh, an alcoholic or recovering alcoholic and she and so she saw it from her point of view not from the COA's point of view and she commented saying um I can't remember the word exactly but it was really an attack saying how dare you this isn't what you should be promoting people have really serious illnesses one month isn't going to stop someone's addiction mm-hmm. I said I said I'm not trying to stop people's addiction. I'm trying to create awareness around people's addiction and create healthy lifestyle. That's what I'm trying to get at. I'm not trying to, you know, belittle someone who's going through an an addiction because it is an illness and I know that. And I got really scared then to post anything. I then reverted back again and thought I'm not doing that again because it just made me think, wow, a lot of people are uh, are out there for the alcoholics or for the person with the addiction rather than, the the family who suffer as well yeah because I mean it's children it's partners it's 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 lots of other people but um uh but actually the children in that like you 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 know you I mean we're both adults now but you you know we carry with us yeah um, all the things that you know things is just such an inadequate word but all the stuff that we soaked in and we took in and all those ideas we have about ourselves and the yeah. world and everything that we got from being in that relationship with an alcoholic mother. Oh yeah. We carry those with us now. Um, yeah. Yes, we can work on them. And yes, we might be aware of some of them. We might not be so aware about some of the others, but you know, it, it, it's, it's not like it doesn't have an effect. And that makes me really, really annoyed that people don't still understand that. I think. Yeah. And it's it's very difficult. I'll be a child and an alcoholic for the rest of my life because it doesn't matter how old I am. I will always be that COA. And um, it's kind of like the worst club to be a part of, but also (laughs) the best because you find a lot of people who are just amazing. You find an incredible amount of people and all these COAs that come together and they're incredible. What they're achieving, what what their lives that they've changed and they're amazing people. But it's all, it's like, the best but worst club to be a part of right like they're they're incredible and what they're I mean yourself you know you're a COA and you've done amazing things you're you're changing you're changing that pattern of addiction in your family and that's such an incredible achievement and it needs to be celebrated mm, yeah you're, you're you're yeah you are so right it needs to be celebrated and, and then the flip side of that is like you've just highlighted is that when you 
when you posted what you you posted and got both the, the 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 you know the lash the lashings from whoever it was um you were posting meaning one thing they yeah. took it another way but largely you, you know I think as being the child of an alcoholic you can't fail to have a desire for, yeah. for people not to drink to excess over and over and over again and when you when you when you express that wish it's like a mirror I think being held up to people who do do that and and yeah. I totally understand they don't like it but yeah. also we don't like being in the position we're in either as the children of alcoholics and it's really difficult but there is yeah. It, it, it does seem like the people who are in our position, who are who are on the, well, right, I was going to say on the fringes, we're not, we're right in the thick of it. We are being affected by the addiction in a very different way, but every much um, yep. as, as the addict is. But we don't matter. We don't, we feel like we don't. We feel like um, it's all got to be about them and not about us. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's, you know, I mean, I have a very difficult difficult relationship with my mother now. And, you know, if I if, if people say to me, oh, you know, do you speak to your mum? I go, no, I don't, I don't, not really. And like, oh, you should, you know, she's your mum and you should keep in touch with her. And it's almost like, yeah, but I'm her daughter. You know, yes. what, what gives her the right to treat me the way she does, but I can't do anything back? Yeah. Like it's it's what I don't understand that different. I didn't ask to be her daughter the same way she didn't ask to be my mother. But we're here and we've got each other. But just because she treats me that one way, it doesn't mean I deserve that, or it doesn't mean I have to put up with it just because she's my mother. It's not. It's not how it works. You know, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. If she was a close friend of mine, and I said, "Oh, this is everything that she's done," the first thing people would say was, "Get them out of your life." remove them take them away because that's really damaging to your mental health yeah. but the minute I say yeah but it's my mom they go oh yeah but no you know she she's doing her best like she's ill she's not it's she's not in her right mind it's like but I'm still her daughter um, it's it's it I don't I don't I really struggle with that I really I just I can't and my husband I think my husband struggles with it as well because he he's an incredible person and he's had, he's got the most amazing family, which I am now a part of. And I love, I love being a part of their family. Um, and they're amazing people. They're all incredible. They've all welcomed me in. His parents treat me like their own daughter. They're amazing. And this year, you know, we're going to Liverpool for Christmas and my husband just can't understand why. And I'm like, I, I can't explain it. And that's your family. Yeah. So you're going to your family. So we're recording this like on the 20th of December and yeah. you're going and how yeah, how so the last, about that? I'm a bit anxious about it, but the last time we went, and this is why my husband gets really, I think, I mean, mine and my husband relationship, we get, we, we disagree on a lot of this because he just doesn't get it. And I, and I say to him, you are incredibly lucky that you don't get it. Yeah. I love, <laughs> I'm so thankful that you don't understand this. You know, it's like that type of, that's why I say to him, I, I love the fact that you don't understand this because if you did, then it, it would be awful. I wouldn't want to put you in that situation. Um, but the last time we went up, um, we got kicked out of the house basically because we couldn't stay there because she didn't want me in the house. Um, 
and I had a message I was driving up I don't know if you saw my recent blog I was driving up there and I got multiple messages one after another saying you're a disappointment please don't come to my house I don't want you here the next message was can't wait to see you the next message oh it's been so long when are you going to get here the next one it was me and dad are splitting up don't ever come to my house it's like it's just a in four hours how can you go through so many emotions yeah but and then saying why are we going and it's like because I I I'm not here and I'm not gonna put myself in a situation where if I completely disconnect from them and something happens the guilt I would have would be would outweigh you know me spending a bit of time with them now I, I just can't I can't like I would look at my nan my nan was everything to me like she was incredible she I told her everything I called her every day we had the most amazing relationship you know every time we went out somewhere if I wasn't with her people were like where's Jen because I was we were always together <laughs> like it was ridiculous and I just loved her loved her to loved her to, to bits like I can't even explain and when she died it was so quick we had a week basically when we found she got taken into hospital on the Monday and by Friday she passed away and that was it and I and I keep saying if that happened to my mom I'd never forgive myself so just just to be clear your 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 nan was an alcoholic as well but you didn't know we got told that they were in the hospital yeah and um I'm so sorry I'm so sorry that happened I mean you know the way you talk about her is so you you know uh, this is just an audio podcast but I'm recording this with video on and I can really see you know see how much she you know she meant to you just from looking at you and um what is it do you think that make makes you feel guilty if you don't go back if you don't go back to see your family where is that guilt coming from I don't know, but I, I just think because she, at the end of the day, she's still my mom. Yes, yeah. Like, and, I, and, I, and I say to my husband, like, I lost my mom years ago. My mom hasn't been my mom for years, you know. I can't remember the last time she said happy birthday to me or called me on my birthday or made any sort of effort. She just, she just, she's just in her own, you know, her own world. And I can't, I can't. I know I've lost her from that point of view, but she's still here. Yeah. I almost think, I almost think maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe I feel like there's a little bit of hope there because she is still here. Maybe there is a bit of like, oh, maybe she will stop. You know, maybe something will happen. And it and it's only like it's got less and less as the years have gone on, right? But I've, there's still a little bit of hope there. And I'll never give that up because every girl wants her mom, right? Oh God, yeah. And I, I don't think I will ever give that up. So my auntie told me, because my nan, my great nan was an alcoholic as well, who's my my mum's nan. Yeah. Um, so it's been a full, full, full family line of alcoholics. Um, but my great grandmother, she died of alcoholism as well. Um, and he, my nan's sister, it gets really complicated with my extended family. So my nan's sister, my auntie Carol, who's also a little gem she's amazing um she's been incredible with me because she's been through an awful lot of herself she's a coa um and she had told me once there's never going to be many good days so when you get them take them 
because you're never going to get them again. So I give myself pockets of opportunity where I can have those good days because I I don't want to remember the bad because I don't want her to pass away. And all I've got is this negative persona about her because she is a good pair or she was a good person. She's just ill. Yeah. And that's how I see it. And that's how I try and deal with it, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, do you know what? I so admire you. And um, God, I'm feeling quite emotional now. But I really admire you. Um, the dog's going as well now. He's like, he's agreeing as well. Yeah, exactly. The dog agrees too. Yeah. So, um, in fact, my dog was open. My dog might be agreeing too. But um, I really admire you to keep trying. And I understand. I do understand why you're why you're doing it. And um, I, I I admire you. I really do because I I in the end I couldn't do that any anymore. Um, and I, I'm really pleased that you've got your lovely husband by your side to help you through it. And like you say, actually, I think it's good that he doesn't get it because if he got it, in order to get it, you have to be have been through what you've been through, and um, you know it 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 helps in a way that he gives you something completely different. Yeah, he's 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 just. I, I, that's the thing it's like I, I'm glad he doesn't get it but at the same time it's frustrating because yeah. he doesn't get it and it, it's like you know like we we've not spent I've not, sorry my dog is like going crazy yeah my 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 dad's still this sorry I'm so so funny um my parents are still together and yeah. It's, you know, in order for me to be able to spend time with my dad, I have to deal with seeing my mum as well. I, ha- I have to. Like, there's no way yeah. of me getting on that. And my my dad is very codependent. Yeah. Like, extremely. Like, there's no... I can't say anything bad about my mum. I can't retaliate. I can't... I can't say anything negative about her. Like, he's very much, like, it's fine. Like, she's... Yeah, she drinks too much sometimes, but yeah. she'll get, she'll have good days. So he he kind of really tries to protect the family unit I think he tries to try and keep everything you know normal and you know and so but it's it's hard and and like I said I I I do it because I know even if I'm if I'm there for two days I know I'm going to get a couple of hours where it's going to be okay and that's what I try to to and then I try and you know get that because she's my mom yeah and you know you 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 must you you're a strong person to keep you know um you're going back for the potential of the good but also knowing that it might not be good as well and yeah 90% of the time i we drive home and i'm in buckets of tears yeah because of something that she said or done or not done I mean I was there not so long ago just to fly and visit because I had to do something and I was there overnight and she didn't even know I was in the house because she was in bed and she didn't even know I was there so I didn't even see her and then you get you know I get abused say you don't come visit me anymore why don't you come see me and I'm like I was there I was did you have a nice time with your dad when you were there yeah 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 we did and 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 you know, I, I don't, I would like her to be involved. It's not that I don't, but she can't, she, she can't be involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. The wedding was, we got married. I don't know if you hear me talking about that and on a various podcast, but my wedding was just, yeah. it was the most amazing day of my life, but 
at the same time it was just this kind of shadow of what is she going to do yeah oh god mine I had exactly the same thing so I do understand that and I I, I I heard you say that you didn't want her to come, but you you knew that if she didn't come, the the knock on effect would be your dad wouldn't come. Then if your dad didn't come, your sister wouldn't come, and then you, you you know. So actually, you would have a lot of your family not there. So you were left with that impossible choice of either yeah. none of your family or all of them, including your mum. Yeah. But they kept an eye on her. I I hope and. Yeah, but I think I I think it was how I dealt with it. So I decided which was horrible um I decided to not include her in any of the planning um so you know picking my wedding dress a lot of the appointments I was by myself um because I don't live I live 200 miles away from the pool now I live down south so I don't see you know my family regularly um my sister me and my sister are extremely close um and I facetimed her at the appointments just because my maid of honor and you know I wanted to see it but I was on my own and I it was horrible because I wanted my mom to be there um my first appointment my mother-in-law came with me which was really nice for her to be involved um but you know it's it's just you then start to think well you know I've, I've been on a couple of nights out in the past when I've been living in Liverpool or I've been dressing up for something and the comments I get I just think I can't have someone put something in my head on one of the biggest days of my life I just can't do that so I completely removed it from that process um the morning of the night before the wedding um we had a big family meal um I had a big family meal with my husband's family and my family as well which was nice um but she was very much kept on a, a tightrope um during that and they went there very long um the, the morning of the wedding she wasn't involved in it was just my sister and my bridesmaids who I got ready with and I saw her at the church and that that was it you know I didn't involve it in any of those processes because I knew she would say something or something would happen where yeah. it would just ruin it yeah um but at the same time I do wish she was there yeah I wish you know I, I wanted her to be involved in that and she just couldn't I and I couldn't let that happen because I knew as much as I wanted to I knew I couldn't because something would have happened that would have just been, yeah. you know, it would have completely ruined it. Yeah. And I, yeah. And uh, yes. And I wasn't quite so strong as you were and my mum did, but ruin it. But you, you know, that's, so you're right. And I think that's the other side of, you know, you decided how you were going to, you know, you put your boundaries in place, you know, that's sort yeah. of what everybody talks about um, boundaries and you put your, you decided what, how, how could you get, out of the day what you what, how could you make the day work the best for you given that she was going to have to be there and you stuck with that and that is brilliant but the other side of that there's always another side isn't there? And the other side is that actually what you dearly wanted was your mum to be there but not the mum not not the drunk mum yeah I did yeah. I didn't and you don't get to choose you don't get no. to choose which one turns up no, I mean the the one good thing I guess about my mom's addiction is she she doesn't think anyone knows. Right. So and I and I personally I've never seen her with a drink in her hand. Again. Yeah, I was amazed when I heard you say that. Yeah, she's never she, she just doesn't she doesn't like people seeing her drink. Yeah. And I've never seen I've never seen I've seen the bottles, I've seen, you know, I've had the bottles clinking away. She's never physically sat there in front of me with with a drink. It's she just she just it's all in secret always. Um, 
so on the Wednesday when everyone was there, I knew she wouldn't sit there um down it. Yes. Or drink it because I knew she'd be like, oh, no one knows I drink. I've told because she tells people she doesn't drink. So I knew, I know. So I knew when, once we got to the venue, it would be very much like she would then be feeling, oh God, you know, which is horrible for me to think that she feels that way. But at the same time, I was glad that she felt like she couldn't drink. Yeah. Because it prolonged that kind of, during the speeches, she knew she was kind of, she was at front, her head table Everyone was looking at her, so she couldn't. She, I put her in a position where she, I knew she'd be uncomfortable, which is awful, actually. The sound, but at the same time, I had to protect mine and my husband's day. Yeah. Um, and then once everyone, you know, the party started and everyone was, you know, doing what they needed to do, it was done. So I then just like, hey, whatever, you whatever know? happens, that happens now. I, I, uh, yeah, and I, I, it's hard to say things like that, isn't it? That you, you know, you yeah. put her in a position where you knew she'd feel uncomfortable, but feeling uncomfortable would stop her drinking because she didn't do it in public. I mean, my mum was very yeah. much a public drinker, um, and um, so we didn't have a top table because I just yeah. could not bear the idea of, of of having a top table and it all going horribly wrong. So we all yeah. had we had round tables and we sat on the table in the middle, and my mum was not on that yeah. table. There was only, we had small tables on purpose, so there wasn't room for her on that table. And she was livid that she wasn't yeah. on the special table. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, wedding days and uh, emotional yeah. times, it brings it out, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I, just, I, I was trying to protect, I was, I was protecting, I think I was just trying to protect myself, really. Yeah, well, quite right yeah. too, because to be honest, nobody else had been protecting you. Um, yeah and that's the hard thing isn't it where you I heard you say in another interview that you always um I hope this is not me too upsetting but you, you know you've never felt that you're the most important yeah so, and I, I totally and utterly resonate with that and I you know my whole life has been one big survival um yeah up until about five years ago and you know that's that's really hard yeah. really hard to grow up in a family um you know where you know to all intents and purposes the family are supposed to be the people who love you the most and celebrate you and you know will do anything for you and you, you know and um actually that's not everybody's reality yeah. do you think that has what so yes we can talk about how rubbish it is because it is absolutely yeah. rubbish but I'm wondering if there is anything that you can, any of your qualities, your good qualities now that you can see have come possibly as a result of growing up like that. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't know if it's because I've grew up in that situation, but I, my husband always tells me like, you know, I would, well, I would give my last, penny to anyone who needed it you know I, I'm not I'm not someone who I'm not great I'm very given I give everyone everything like I I pour my heart out, wear my heart on my sleeve I pour I give you know I just I'm yeah I like to help people when I can um which is probably why I'm in human resources yeah. <laughs> That's my job. um but yeah I, I I like to help people and I like to give things to people and, and if people are struggling I'm the first one to be like what can I do to help and that's I don't know if that's because 
I've always tried to be the fixer yeah. in my family. Um, okay. You know, there's, there's times where I've had to come home and pick her up off the floor before my sister got back and clean her up and change the beds and try to hide it from my dad seeing or, or whatever, you know, it might be. My dad did do a lot as well, um, but I tried to let them not see it. I tried to help where I could. And I think that's probably a quality that I've picked up on. Um, some would say gullible, maybe. <laughs> Bit of a pushover. Um, but I would like to think it's not. I think I used to be, I, I was a huge pushover, actually. I used to, I, I would literally, I, I could potentially go, you know, bankrupt for people when I was growing up just because I wanted to help people. And it's not, I've kind of reined it in a little bit. I think when we, when we bought our house, the first time we bought, I think I was giving about £150 away to charities each month without even realising it. Because <laughs> people quote, can you sign up to this? I'm like, yeah, of course I can. Yeah. And my husband's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, we're trying to buy a house. Oh yeah, it's a good point. Um, you know, I think I, I, I'm a bit, yeah, I'm a bit, I mean, even now, if, if my mum needed me, I'd be there in a shot. I, w- okay. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't hesitate. If she needed me, if she rang me up and said, I need you to come home, I desperately need you, I wouldn't even question it. No, and it's weird, isn't it, that no matter how far you think you've come and how much you think you are distancing yourself and you're, you're not under that spell, yeah. It, it, I remember, yeah, once just after I'd met my now husband and I got a call to say that, so well, I live in Bristol, but I'm originally from Wigan, actually, not a million miles away from you. Yeah. And um, I uh, got a call one night to say that from a friend who still lives there and said, actually, there's been an ambulance outside your mum's house. And um, no, I couldn't find out why. I phoned loads of people, phoned loads of people, couldn't find out, uh, find out why and started ringing around all the hospitals and um, finally found out where she was and she'd been taken to hospital. So I literally got in the car at 10 o'clock that night and drove to Wigan and um, wasn't quite sure because I knew she'd be worried about the dogs and everything. So I got there and her door was open. It wasn't locked like it never was. And um, I was like, okay, now what am I going to do? So I fed the dogs and stuff. And a taxi pulls out and she gets out. And she discharged herself from hospital. She still had um, like tape on her arm where she'd pulled the thing out of her arm and everything and um she was just like what the fuck are you doing here I was just like uh, oh but actually I mean now I can see that actually she was she just didn't want anybody to see her in the state that she was in but um it's just that and that actually was my wake-up call I think because I think we all have one somewhere along the line don't we and I think actually and you've talked about yours being your mum blaming you yeah the day my nan died yeah she yeah we got we got the phone call we all left the hospital and it was quite late and it was probably about half seven eight o'clock maybe a bit late I can't remember the time um and we got the phone call and I just heard my mum crying and I said to my dad I think that's it then we called the hospital back and they said yeah she passed away we went down but mum was completely plastered she was so drunk um and we got there and obviously we saw her we said our goodbyes and everything and as we were leaving I was with my auntie my nan's sister who I mentioned earlier oh yeah auntie carol little little angel yeah she's great um she she just lost her sister as well so we were kind of just you know we're not oh my god like what the hell because we just found out that week that she you know she was a massive alcoholic and no one really knew and we were like how did this happen like oh my gosh I can't believe this and 
my uh, we went through there and I held, I went to hold the door open and I just got this big push in my back and I was like oh my god I meant my mom just forced me out the door and she was like this is all your fault you little bitch they can't believe you've done this you drove her to this and I was like oh my god my auntie carol i've never seen her so i've never seen my auntie carol get angry before <laughs> she grabbed hold of her and was like don't you dare speak to her like that and my dad just picked her and just took her to the car and that was it and it was never mentioned again oh Jen. yeah you know you deserve so much better so much better um i'm sorry about that that is awful but and we- you know People say, you know, people say, and my husband says it, you know, oh, she's drunk, she doesn't mean it, she's drunk, she didn't mean what she said. But when you constantly hear that, they, those things for 20 plus years, it's very difficult not to believe it's real. Absolutely. And it's very difficult to not believe that that's what she actually thinks. And even now, I don't know whether she, I don't know what she thinks. I don't know. I don't know. Because I don't know if she cares. I don't know if she doesn't. Because... I don't know who she is anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember a therapist saying to me, that to me in my mid-20s, saying yeah. you're trying to have a relationship with somebody who actually isn't capable of having a relationship with you. And that that was really, really tough. Yeah. But actually we did was the, the right thing to say to me at that moment because it did make yeah. me think, oh, yeah, okay. I, I am actually... I, I'm... I'm trying really hard to get something that I will never, ever get. So it's the definition of insanity, isn't it? To keep trying the same thing and expecting a different result. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, I, so you all, you you know, your mum is still, sorry. My dog is going to see mental. I think, was that the the, 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 uh, letterbox again? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, your mum is still around. You are going for Christmas. You are managing to have the relationship with the, the rest of the, the best relationship you can have with the rest of your family. You are, you know, hoping for those um, good moments. Um, and I think that's, a, that, that's something to take away for anybody who is still in the same situation that you are, as in the parent is still around, that actually, you know, if you can do that, give yourself the opportunity to still have those good moments. Yeah. 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 I do, I, th- I do try, like I said, it's not very often and they don't happen often at all. Yes. Now more than ever. Yeah. Because I just, as you said, you, I can't, I don't know who she is. Yeah. And ultimately she doesn't know who I am and she doesn't no. know. You know, she doesn't, she doesn't, I don't even think she knows what I do. Yeah. You know, she doesn't, she doesn't know. My husband won't, won't allow her in our house. Yeah. Anymore. Um, she stole alcohol from our house when we let them stay um, when we were on holiday. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter what it was. It was just about that she felt that she could do that. Yeah. Um, and the disrespect that she had. Absolutely. And said, no not doing it and now because of that my dad won't come so if I now want to see my family I have to go there yeah Yeah. and that's what's difficult as well because I think having that relationship now with my dad becomes more challenging because he 
for some reason, I don't know, he will always put her first. And that's what I meant about feeling that I don't will never be. And I know, I know I'm not, and that's really hard to say, but I know I'm not his priority, my mum is. And I don't know why. I've got a great relationship with my dad, I really do. And it's not to say that we don't have a good relationship, but we, I just know that I'm not his priority. No. And it is hard, isn't it? But actually, yeah. what, what I found, you know, and it took me to 47 to even begin to realise this, is that I had to make myself my my. Yeah priority and because actually I'm the one person who hopefully won't let myself down you know won't won't you know will prioritize myself will look after myself will um be there for me um and much as that is rubbish in a way to feel that you've got to do that for yourself because nobody else is going to do it it is possible. It, it is possible to do that. It is possible to be there for yourself. And actually, I am now so much happier. Um, but it's a long old, it's a long old road to um to, to get there. And I think I've heard you, you, you know, you you have talked about the gradual distance that 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 became came from you and your mum and um and as a result, the rest of your family. And I suppose just thinking about your dad, I mean, that's your dad's reality. He is living in that situation day in, day out, isn't he? So to some extent, he probably doesn't want to face it. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think he, I don't think he doesn't want, I don't think he, it's not that he wants, doesn't want to face it. I just don't think he knows how to. Mm. Okay. I don't think he, yeah. I don't think he knows I don't think he understands how to put us first or how to walk away from that because he, we've said, I mean, we say to him all the time, which is awful, but we say, oh, can you not, can you not separate? Can you not leave her? Can you not? Because he's, he's, I mean, I love my dad and, you know, everyone loves their family, I guess. It's a bit of a cliche thing to say, but he's, he's an incredible guy and he's put up with so much. Yeah. He's put up with so much with her and, and he's 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 amazing and I think it's because he just wants that family unit he wants that perfect family and I think he knows he's not got that so he's trying to keep it all together as best he can um but I also don't think I think if he starts to admit that you know their marriage is over or it's not I mean I don't I don't know their living situation I don't think they spend much time together you know at home and I think they very much lead very different different lives but I just don't think he knows how to yeah. completely separate from that because then if, if that happens, then he knows his family's broken. Yeah. You know, and I think that's very difficult. I, I guess I'm battling with that as well. You know, if I step away from it, I know I'm going to lose them and I just don't want to break that. You oh, know? it's so, so difficult. And um, and that's why it's really important that yeah. we talk about it because actually, I mean, we can't make it any better. We can't make it any better for anybody else. But actually, the point of me talking about it, which is the reason you want to talk about it, is that we want other people to know that it, yeah, that that they're not alone, and there are other people there if they, you know, if they want to reach out. Um, and um, but also just to know it's not just you, because I grew up feeling that I was the only one in that situation, and because I was in that situation, there must be something really bad about me. Yeah, you no, know. I- yeah, and you and you almost think like I guess 
you almost become well I thought anyway I thought I thought people were making me out to be like a liar they were like oh that's not true that's not what happens and I'm like it's almost like am I exaggerating I mean my husband jokes and says calls me an over-exaggerator anyway but um it's just you know you kind of think oh is that what I am is that am I am I do I exaggerate things? Do I, is this, is this not real? Is this, is this what it should be like? I don't really know. And you kind of, you grow up having this really warped idea of what a relationship needs to look like, especially. Yeah. And it's quite damaging. And I think a lot of people can end up in similar situations that way if they're not clever about it or, or they don't understand it fully. You know, I could have easily ended up in an alcoholic or put myself in that in that route again you know and just followed that family trait which was what everyone was telling me yeah. every single person was telling me that would happen to me I'm very much like my mum's side of the family I look I look I look like my mum I'm pretty much a carbon copy of her um and you know I'm constantly being told you know by hospitals when my mum went into hospital when my nan was in hospital doctors oh you know it's hereditary this is what you're going to end up like my family kept telling me you're just like your mom this is what you're going to end up like all of those things and it's just like no no I'm not I'm not I'm not like that and I it's it's something if someone says to me oh you're just like your mom this anger boils up inside of me I get really like I am not like my mom like let me I'm probably like my mom 40 years, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, but I'm not like her now. And I, it's the worst thing anyone could ever say to me. Yeah. Um, I get that because I, uh, I look very like my mom and people used to, uh, and her mom was an alcoholic as well. Um, which I, you know, I don't know how many people knew until she died, but, um, I, I used to hate looking in the mirror because all I could see was my mom looking back at me. And, um, it was awful. It really was. And, and that's been a recent thing to actually see me rather than see her yeah. In, yeah. in the mirror. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm exactly the same. And I, I say to my husband all the time, like, oh, because my, my husband just doesn't, he just can't see eye to eye with her. He just doesn't like how she treats me. He absolutely hates me spending any time with her because he just knows how upset I get when I'm with her. And I get so scared that I say, oh, do you think that you're going to, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to hate me as much as you don't like my mum because I'm very much like my mum and he's like no you're not the same person and it really bothers me it's it's something I have a real big hang up about and I've not got a very good self-image anyway I never have done and it's very difficult for me to kind of see me and see her differently I very much see us as the same person and I, I it it scares me to death to think and that's why I don't drink I don't drink because I had a problem I don't drink because it petrifies me that if I have one drink that's going to be the one drink that makes me alcoholic yeah you don't want the problem yeah yeah well I I I, you know I think you're amazing not that it matters what I think what you think is what matters and hopefully you know in time you will see what the rest of us see because you know uh, you are amazing but thank you I I I think this is a, a good time to stop because yeah. I think we could talk for ages so um yeah exactly um thank you so much um for coming and talking and being so open and honest and uh, you know I know it's going to help people so thank uh, you yeah I really hope so and I think it's it's not it's not an easy fix you know I'm still I still struggle with so much now um 
I still struggle with everyday life, anxiety. I've got, like I said, my self-image is appalling. It's really bad. And I'm still dealing with that. You know, it, it won't happen overnight and it is going to happen over time. I know it will get better. It's massively got better, but it's get it's going to take time. I'm not expecting miracles. I just need to, I think I just need to keep keep going the way I'm going and, and hopefully it'll get hopefully it'll be okay one day (laughs) just keep going because you're doing amazing um and you 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 deserve it to be so much better um so yeah keep working at it I will I will thank you (laughs) all right you take care thanks for the best fixing okay bye so that was the wonderful Jen wasn't she marvelous she's she's just incredible how open and honest and vulnerable she is about her about her past and where she is now. Um, I hope you I hope you loved that um, uh, listening to that as much as I loved having the chat with Jen and you, you know um, love Jen herself. She's just incredible, isn't she? So um, yeah, that's the episode for today. Um, I'm I'm still a bit shell-shocked, really, um, at that conversation because it was marvellous. You have um, a great uh, uh, week. Um, I'll be back here next week with um, another episode. I can't tell you anything about it at the moment because I don't know what it's going to be, but um, we w- I will be back with another great episode. Um, and until then, you take great care of yourself. Um, okay, lots of love. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Meeting of Minds podcast. You can find this podcast in all the usual places. Please tell your friends, please subscribe. And if you have a moment, I'd be really grateful if you could rate and review as it helps other people find us and helps me spread the messages of empowerment and positivity that I'm really passionate about. If you want to find out more about me, you can visit my website, www.safeandsupported.co.uk. Until next time, bye.